There we go. <laughs> we good? We good. Okay. Do I do a and we're back or do we need a new intro? I, I don't know anymore. Okay. Uh, I say we do everything normally until yeah. we decide what kind of tweaks we make. Okay. I mean, fine. that's what you say. You say it if you want to say it. If you want to say something else, say something else. Okay. That's fine with me. It's the evolutionary process. Yeah. Yeah. We're figuring things out. And we're back with more of the Popon film. Buddy. Yes. Are you ready for another exciting installment of everybody's favorite podcast segment, Bunny Versus, starring the incomparable Bunny Williams? Are you ready? Are you pumped? Are you amped? Are you psyched? Are you jazzed? Are you primed? Are you ready? Ready and raring to go? Are you ready to do it? Are you ready to do it to it? Are you ready, Bunny? Are you prepped? Are you ready to take that hill? No, because I'm not on the right screen. There we go. <laughs> now okay. we're ready. Okay, you gave me a big lead in. That's uh, well, without any further ado, with pinkies up for the classy stuff, it is time once again for Bunny Versus. And now here is your host, Bunny Williams. Take it away, Bunny. There we go. Whoop, 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 whoop. Now we're ready. Okay, gave you. We're figuring things out. That's fine. It's fine. It's fine. We're we're. we're I'm just. I'm just trying to finally get back to Christian to tell him thank you, for the tip off, on our earlier technical issue, and like I'm just not used to, working multiple screens yet. And this is going to be fun. And I really think Bunny Versus would be the time to, like, turn to Facebook and check out who's there and say hi to anybody who's listening to the show and things like that. Uh, I have also... Can't type and think at the same time. Okay. Christian says no problem. Oh. <laughs> so I'm so. just going to type, thanks, dude, I really, because apparently, yeah, there we go. No, I totally appreciate it, man. Yeah. Um, and see, now this gets confusing because, like, I'm actually seeing things on Facebook, which has the delay, so it's throwing me off, and i got to get back to the real screen where I can see it live. It's going to be a couple of adjustments here, but it's going to be fun. Um, Just before, when we get into Act 3, I've got the trailer all set up to run first. Nice. So we'll come out of the break, go into the trailer, and then go on with the show, because fuck copyright laws. (laughs) We good. We good. And this is probably what Bunny versus is going to be. How are you first, sir? We we really uh, need. I'm I'm doing good. Uh, 
feeling better. I caught the coronavirus, which sucked. Yeah. There was there when I when I first heard uh, Natasha tested positive first, and so once that happened, that's when I realized, oh wait, a few days ago Eleanor was sick and had a fever. Was that it? Wait, Maxwell has said that he's felt crummy all week. Was that also the coronavirus? Wait a second. Suddenly my chest hurts. Is this the coronavirus? And it, and it, 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 it was a really scary, like, small period in time. Uh, when, when Natasha first got, when, and then I, I tested. And then so we all, like, went and got ourselves tested. And, um, you know, they, they really do shove that, that cotton swab so far into your nose that it tickles your brain. It, oh, it is. Oh. And then they have to keep it there for 10 seconds. Oh, fuck that. Are you kidding? Yeah. yeah no, oh, I weird. don't know if I could it, do that. It doesn't hurt, but it is the weirdest feeling in the world. I remember it was a drive-through thing, so I drove up, and there were nurses there, and I rolled down my window, and they... <laughs> Shove that thing in my nose, and I was expecting it to hurt, and it didn't hurt. But also, I have never grabbed a steering wheel harder in my entire life. Yeah. Like, like <coughs> thought that I was about to remove the steering wheel. Yeah. And then once I got a positive case, the first thing I did was go on to uh, Facebook and write... I love everybody, and the reason why I did that was because, hey, if I die, yeah, that will make me look great. Yeah, like I was, I was thinking about, like, I was thinking about, like, I just love everyone and want everyone to be happy. Great. If I die in two days, people are gonna look back at that, and suddenly I'm a saint. I was trying yeah. to Michael Jackson myself. <laughs> you know how. Everyone thought Michael Jackson was a total creep, and then he died, and now suddenly it's Saint Michael of Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly. What I was going for with that. Uh, there was a period. There was a period in time when I thought I was going to die, but then spoiler alert, I didn't, and now yeah. I'm all happy and healthy. And then the best part was was that I got healthy and was able to leave the house right in time for early voting here in Oklahoma. Uh-huh. So I was vote i waited in line outside in the freezing rain for an hour to vote absolutely worth it really yeah so thursday i voted friday i went to the drive-in with my wife Uh i told I told Natasha, I was like, dude, they're showing a double feature the day before Halloween, and it's the original Friday the 13th and the original Nightmare on Elm Street. We should go. And she goes, and then that was it. So I was like, okay, okay. That wasn't a uh, super positive response. I'm going to wait and uh, try it again. And so the next day I said, honey, would you like to go on a date with me? And then that took her uh, like a back. She was taken aback, and she's like, "A date with you? Where would we even go?" And I was like, "I can take you to the movies." 
you know, they're showing Nightmare on Elm Street on Friday the 13th at the drive-in. And she's like, okay, maybe. And then the night before, we're just sitting on the couch watching TV and Natasha just went like, you know what? Fucking, yeah, okay, let's go to the drive-in tomorrow. And, and I said, oh, so now you want to go to the drive-in. What's, what's the difference? What changed in your mind? And she said, I've seen Friday the 13th before, and I've seen Nightmare on Elm Street before, but I haven't really seen it. It's been on. Yeah. It's been in the room. And she said, it'll be interesting to watch these films and actually have to pay attention to them. Yes. And I said, yeah, it's really interesting, especially the first films, because the first films are completely different than what you know about the films. When you think of A Nightmare on Elm Street, you think of funny, hyper Freddy Krueger, you like TV? Well, have some TV, bitch, and like drag someone through a TV and all of these like gimmicky deaths. And that's not, that's not the first movie. The first movie is a... Johnny Depp and John Saxon. Yeah. And, and and then I and then like when we were at the drive-in, I was like, have you seen Friday, the first Friday the 13th? And she says, I think so. Isn't that the one with Jason? And I'm like, ooh, this first Friday the 13th will be exciting for you. Yeah. Because it, Jason is in it for about five seconds. Yeah. It's really a reverse psycho, is what it is. <laughs> you know, because the the mom is killing people for the son. It's a reverse psycho. Well, the first Friday the Thirteenth, they tried to make a movie. Yeah, they tried to make a movie that had a plot, and there was and there was killing. And after that, after that Friday the Thirteenth two and onwards, was just like, "Fuck it, <laughs> we're just here yeah. for the killing." There's no plot. Interesting stuff. So we had fun on Friday, and then on Saturday, I did my story time marathon for Love Works, the nonprofit that I do story times with. They fa- they they uh, found a way to to do a safe socially distanced Halloween party. And it was going to be from 10 to 11. And I was going to read like three different stories. Um, and they were different groups of, of families, socially distanced, going to different parts of their headquarters. And yeah. I would on the big screen reading stories. And the response was so big because so many families were, were just, oh, hey, uh, Halloween is canceled. We can't do Halloween. And then here comes Loveworks saying, hey, we're going to have a fun, safe, socially distanced Halloween party. Uh, They had a tremendous response. And all of these people wanted to be a part of it. So suddenly they just upped it and they said, see, this is what we want to do now. The Halloween party is going to be from 10 to about 1230. And we want you to read eight stories. And I said, I am agreeing to this in the beginning of October. I'm sure nothing will happen that will change. Uh, yeah. So, yes, 100%. I will do that. And then I got the coronavirus, and I was worried that I would, would I don't know, die or just not be able to do it. So when I got healthy, I was really excited because I said, 
because the the Loveworks people said you can record some of these in advance, you know, is to make it easier for you. But but I said I need to prove it to myself that I can do this, you know. Yes. I need to I need to prove to myself that I'm healthy enough to be able to do this massive story time marathon, and I did, and it was amazing. I read seven stories in two hours and 15 minutes. And then that night we had the Pope on film special edition. And then Natasha and I just stayed up until like 3am just talking and and on and, and just, I've had a very busy weekend and I'm very happy because I'm healthy and I'm getting back to normal, you know? Yes. Very excited. And it's really good to hear. Cause man, you know, yeah, that was it. It, it, it it's a it's a scary. It was a scary thing. It yeah. was a super scary thing. Having the it disease. Yes. Yeah, that was some freaky stuff. But thankfully, like I, I posted something on the on the door that that you know. It, Everybody else took the coronavirus a lot better than I did because I have severe chronic asthma and that makes me yeah. more susceptible. And so there's a better chance that I might die from the coronavirus. So while everyone else was sort of like dealing with it, you know, everyone else dealt with it very well. I was the one who was freaking out all the time about it but i went to the cdc i went to like the 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 world health organization and i was looking up like like facts about the coronavirus and trying to learn everything that i could and i found this one little tidbit and i and i wrote it down on p on pieces of paper and put it all throughout the house and it was uh it said according to the world health organization 80 percent of all coronavirus cases are mild to mod have mild to moderate symptoms and do not require any uh hospital visit or hospital assistance yeah your body can fight it on your own stay at home drink water get rest and your body should be able 80 percent of the time your body should be able to fight this on its own and that that fact was was just like the rallying cry yeah so so yeah so now i'm healthy and that's awesome and i've yeah. had a really great week i i i've the the health department officials say that i am now um what's the word when you can't get it anymore what's the word immune I'm immune to to the coronavirus for 90 days. So that's that's my new thing. Like, hey, 90 days. I'm gonna go to the mall. I'm just gonna start licking doors. Yeah. I'm gonna start <laughs> licking door handles. I'm gonna go to McDonald's and like, hey, how you doing? You wanna spit in my face? I got 90 days. Yeah. Hey everybody, come sneeze on Steve. 90 <laughs> days. 90 days. So I I still wouldn't risk it. <laughs> yeah, but I'm pretty. I'm 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 feeling good. I'm feeling very good. Good. How are you, doing, Bunny? How are you doing? I I'm I'm pretty good after the Doctor Vornoff thing. That was like a major victory, and 
and this streaming now is another thing. This fucking computer is the best 1500 bucks I have ever spent in my life. You know, because it's just been a matter of here's a lot of things that I've been wanting to do and just haven't been able to do. Because this is not the first, this first time I fucked off of streaming before. And I think I even drafted you once to test something, you know? Yeah. And I just didn't have the horsepower to run a stream. Yeah. You know? So yeah. this is... Uh... <coughs> Are you... <laughs> Six feet. Six feet. You can cough as much yeah. as you want, bunny. Ninety days. Yeah. Ninety I days. I love my pot. I love my ninety days. <sighs> you good? Yeah. Yeah. The only thing that this software doesn't do, and this is OBS and this is some free software. Uh, um, there's a lot of really good free software that's dude, really on my computer too. What's that? I've got this. I've got OBS as well on my computer. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Because like that's the next thing I I want to look into is that there is a way to remote into the stream. Hmm. So you would be able to set up your own screens. And when we get to like Steve's historic approximations or any of the one shot bits that you do at the beginning or anything like that, you could make up your own, your own screen for that. Well, uh, full disclosure, I have no idea how it works. Oh, it's super. To do something like that is super easy. I only use it for, like, video capture when I'm playing video games. Yeah. And then I'm putting it on the YouTube. I use OBS. Ah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. It has so much potential. One thing that I love about doing um, doing this podcast on Zoom and uh, streaming it and stuff like that is that uh, the whole time that I'm talking to you, I'm really trying to show people the full extent of how wonderful my hair is. Yes. Yes. I got some amazing hair <laughs> for, for a man my age. Really proud of my hair. I, I don't know, man. I'm doing pretty good. You are. I'm you doing are pretty good. good. Fifty-seven. Like, like, you know, my branch of the human genome uh, is fraught with tragic problems. <laughs> but you know what? Good hair. Okay, good hair. I mean, so that's a thing. (laughs) That's a thing. I still think the bloodline should die out with me. One of the reasons I've never had children. (laughs) 
with good hair. And that's a positive, damn it. Yeah. Hmm. So, so congratulations on being a part of the Good Hair Club. Yeah. <laughs> one one surprising thing that happened while I was battling the coronavirus is that um, I'm going to get closer for this. All of my white hair decided to come in. Yeah. During the battle. So that's exciting. I've got a lot more salt and pepper going on in my face that I didn't have before. So that's yeah, that's exciting. so yay yay very much yay. Yeah. Uh, I, I I'm also thinking of maybe getting so you know let's just get comfortable, do what we always do on the show, and we'll tweak as we feel necessary. For one reason or the other, yeah. but I, I'm I'm kind of thinking of seeing if I can get some guests again, you know. Nice. And I had a good idea because, like, everybody knows Zoom now. Zoom is just a thing, yeah. you know. Yeah. So just have a third window all set up, and I have an idea that basically we're inviting him for an, and we're still talking about somebody like Lance Kerwin. I would really lo- love to have fucking Lance Kerwin on the show. Um, yeah. But I can, I, I also went looking a little today just before the show. Cause I was like, there's gotta be a place to play hard- cards against humanity online. Yeah. Okay. And there, there is. There's a thing. Yeah. Yeah, but okay, but now, but now I could take that game and pop it into another window on the stream. Yeah, and then we could just invite Lance Kerwin on the show for a discussion, and we'll play a couple of hands of cards against humanity. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I like that. You know, it's a relaxed interview. I'm not looking to attack anybody that I want to interview. You know what I mean? Although I do yeah. reserve the right if you if you turn out to be a douchebag. Hey, uh, buddy. Yeah. Um. So last night. Um... Before the kids went to bed, Natasha decided to to put on a horror movie and uh, share it. It, it. To put on some sort of horror movie for the kids. Okay. And she was like, oh, is this one good for kids? And I kept saying, no, no, definitely not. No, you absolutely can't show them that. And then she said, oh, hey, what about frogs? And I was like, I, frogs, I okay. I think that's okay because it's it's frogs, you know. So so her and so uh, Natasha and Maxwell started watching frogs together, and we started we started just ripping on Ray Milland, yes. and we were just we were just ripping on him, and 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 he's like this rich guy with a house on the bayou, and I'm like yeah, and I'm like uh, he's just upset because no one has. Uh, put his head on a black man's body yet <laughs> and, and then and then i i, started I have not watched it in years i'm ready to rip on sam elliott whenever you get around to him but 
<laughs> no, no, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Like Natasha and I are talking about Ray Milland, and then and then I mentioned that um I don't know how Ray Milland is a horse masturbator. Yes. I just know he's a horse masturbator because that was from like one of our first episodes of the podcast. Yes. So I don't remember how we got to Ray Milland, the horse masturbator. But I just know that in our podcast, Ray Milland is a horse masturbator. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Almost worthy of a song or something. Do you remember why Ray Milland was a horse masturbator, though? Uh, I think it came up when we covered the man with the x-ray eyes. Yes. And this was like his early days before his career started. He was a horse masturbator. Yes. Huh. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, very, very strange. I just wanted to, I just, I, I didn't remember why Ray Land masturbated horses, but <laughs> I was just watching frogs, and all I can think of is Ray Land just like, I hate these frogs. Wish there were some horses, though. That's that's why we need an, an archivist. We do. But, we need, absolutely know. need an archivist. But we need fans yeah. first. <laughs> yeah, fans first, and then <coughs> archivist. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, so yeah, I'd like to go back to seeing if I can try to get guests again. Like, how worried? Because like the the first time I tried, this was it. I was really kind of worried that I would like disturb and upset Lance Kerwin. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, yeah. really? How much do I need to be concerned about that? I mean, I mean, I'm trying to respect his privacy, but like, I've got to invite him somehow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I I don't think I don't think there are a lot of people out there that need to be concerned with Lance Kerwin. Yeah. Yeah. That's But that's... like he was like but like he he and Robbie Benson and a couple of others I can't particularly think, maybe Chris Makepeace. Uh like they were my breakfast club. You know what I mean? They they were they were like right at that sweet spot. Like I think maybe Lance Kerwin is like about a year older than me, give or take. Something like that. <coughs> so when I was when I would watch those when I would watch things with Lance Kerwin in particular, you know, like except he wasn't fat he was me, you know, you know, he did the Aurora models in Salem's lot, Uh, you know, um, he, he had, he had his show, which I ran, think ran like three years, James at, and I think it started when it was James at 15, then it was James at 16, James at 17. Uh, And the loneliest runner, which was the Michael Landon story about his yes, about his childhood as a bedwetter. 
and, and I was a bedwetter, and 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 Lance <sighs> Kerwin was playing Michael Landon. So it was a very surrealist movie for me. <laughs> yeah. So it's not like I want to interview Lance Kerwin. I want to hang out with Lance Kerwin for a little while. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or Robbie Benson. You know? Robbie really, is Chris, is Chris Makepeace really that busy? You know, that he can't do a little podcast? For for yeah. a, a kind of sort of fan and film buffs and things like that, that's all I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. But the now the sun is setting and it's yes. making me look beautiful right now. Yes. It is. Just, oh. Oh. Yeah. yeah. It's looking good. I got a J.J. Abrams going on right here. <laughs> I got a. Yeah, that's what we got to figure out next is how to how to how to introduce sounds that we can add on the fly. We've always needed uh, yeah. sound effects on this show. Yeah, we need to get we need to get like a soundboard together. But I I just always thought that that was something that you should have control of. Yeah, yeah. you know. Okay. I'll see what I can do. I'll see what I can do. We will we There's will be figure it out. <laughs> yeah. But I dig our new streaming our new streaming system that we've got going on, you know? I I, I think it's leaps and bounds over what we were doing. I think uh yeah. it's going to evolve over over time, you know, so that we we fit into the new format. Um, and I think it has potential for a lot more things we can do and have a lot more fun with the show. Like, again, like bunny versus, I think would be a really great time, except I'm forgetting about it to like check and see if there's anybody in the chat at the live stream and acknowledge people and say hi and things like that. Problem was, I think I got it solved. Um, Okay. okay. I got the sound off. Good. Okay. But uh, pot is good. Um, and then we can say hi to Christian and things like that, and maybe people can ask some questions and things like that. And we, you know, I mean, Bunny versus is yeah. chit chat, so we're just kind of expanding the chit chat a little. You know. Yeah. I mean, we can always pick a fan at random and like zoom them in. <laughs> you know. It's got a, it's got a, that would be awesome. It's got a lot of potential. Yeah. I mean, anybody who who could be, anybody who could use Zoom can be on the show if I was set up for it. You know, so like once I set up, once I set up like three screens for Zoom, you know, so it's me, you, and a third person, then they just zoom in. And that's and that square is there whenever. So we have a duplicate bunny versus say that just has an additional screen. You yeah. know? So if somebody's gonna come and zoom in, I could just switch screens and there's a space for them. Yeah. 
I love it. I love the whole the whole new format. It's great. And it's not hard at all. It's really not hard at all. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah. Uh, well. <laughs> uh, if I haven't said it before, uh, very glad you're feeling better. Very glad you're very all glad feeling you're... better. I was extremely worried. I was like, oh, like, like I, 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 I knew everybody was going to get it. As soon as you told me Tasha was positive, I was yeah. like, there is no way this just not does not just go rage through the house. You yeah. know? Yeah, we got a, we got seven people yeah. living in a super small ass house. So yeah, yeah, no, it was it was inevitable, like yeah. Thanos. I mean, seriously, how much in a house like that, how much space do you have for so what is social distancing like yeah. two foot? <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's not something that's yeah. really possible. And I was like, oh Christ. That's a lot of people. I don't like these fucking odds, man. And I, I was like, I, you know, I'm sorry yeah. I hate to say it, but I I was thinking we're gonna lose at least one Galindo, you know. Yeah, and I was odds, fucking terrified. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, no, it was fucked up. It was yeah. fucked up. I'm really happy that I survived. Yeah. Like, immensely happy. And then, of course, then I get into the moral dilemma, like, like, okay, once you're thinking like that, which Glinda do you want to lose? You know, so, like, I don't know. I, I'm like, I'm like, you know, first hired last fired like i'm sorry eleanor but you know you're still kind of new you know we have more in time invested with maxwell and up the chain so um you know sorry kid sorry kid you're out if you want to kill anyone kill my familiar (laughs) i've been watching a lot of what we do in the shadows yeah really good tv show it's surprisingly good what channel is it on I really uh fx okay I, yeah fx or fxx but it, oh, it's absolutely wonderful i love it yeah yeah okay um other than that dr vornoff was just a whole lot of fucking fun and it was just like, you know, I'm putting together the new computer. I, I've transferred a bunch of files from the laptop over to the desktop. And I'm just like, you know, like a new computer like this, there is a moving in period. Like you're unpacking files yeah. and shit and moving them around and, you know, all of that. And in the meantime, I'm like grabbing random shit. And trying things that I was not able to do on the laptop. Yeah. And doing it. And when I hit Dr. Vornoff and and I was able to lip sync him, I was like, "Uh uh-oh. And, you know, it it became like a galloping horse that I couldn't pull back. Like, I had to do this and I had to get it finished. And I started developing a weird timeline is that I really wanted it out before election day. And I was like, 
I don't have it only took about two weeks in all. You know, that yeah. is fucked up. Um, That's Im- goddamn impressive. And it was like it was it was like. Some kind of Jedi force coming through me because there were a lot of technical hurdles from me getting him lip sunk to the finished product. But like, even though I haven't been hands on for it, I've been watching tutorials and things like that. Like it, apparently I absorbed a whole fucking lot more knowledge than I really had any idea about, you know? Yeah. And I was just like, well, you know, if I, if I just do this, this would be a fun little piece and I can, I could put it out, but I've got time. So let me try doing this, this, and this, you know, and seeing how that comes out. Okay. That's coming out good. You know, and it wasn't until like the end, you know, that it started giving me problems when I started working on camera movements, which should not have been an issue. And trying to get the original version had um, a Nazi flag hanging over the portrait of Trump. Okay. And Dr. Warnoff was going to grab it and rip it off. And I was up to working on that part, you know, so like everything you've seen was pretty much done. And I was up to that part. And I tried to turn the Nazi flag into cloth. And the whole system got really fucking weird on me. And I don't know why. And I undid everything I did. And I went back to a saved copy. But everything was not right after that. So when I actually start getting down to the final render. That's when I'm seeing his hands are all jacked up. And his movements are wrong. You know. But anyway, like that, like like I, I like I hit a peak, and then everything started kind of deteriorating, <laughs> and I had to get yeah. it all rendered out, however the fuck it was. So well, uh, Emerald and Natasha and I all commented on just how great you nailed that creepy smile. Yeah, thank you. Like, like, it's so good. And then when when Dr. Voronoff moves towards the Trump portrait and you get a better look at the castle, it's like, oh, yeah. that, was, that, that, was, that was some damn good shit. Yeah. Well, I'm going to make improvements there. I hate the fireplace. And I actually want to get, get uh, an actual fire going in the fireplace. Uh, then yeah. he... He should have some kind of a table or a bench in front of him. Like, like in the long shot, you would have seen the, the table with tubes and Petri dishes and bottles and liquids going through coils and all that. You know, a, a mad scientist. Yeah. And that's where I want to... I have to finish the brain thing, which I was working on. I have a brain that I was making pulsate that I wanted to put in a jar. And that would be something that would yeah. go on his table. And that would be a part of the animation. If you know, you're not going to fill, 
you're not going to film it to be seen, but if it gets seen, it's awesome. <laughs> you know, because you yeah. still want to get you still want to get the best shot, and it may not be in that shot, or you have to move it somewhere. Yeah, he needs some bookshelves. You know, there's some cleaning up to do. I like the stained glass, but the frame yes. around it isn't working for me because the grain's not running right on it. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but the stained glass looked nice. That was good, too. Yeah, that was fucked up and fun. Um, yeah. But I think that's about it for now. The next thing I'm going to do is I'm going to clean up Dabney, get Dabney up and going. And do oh, I always like to dab a fucking alien. I yeah, like to Dabney. Um, yeah. um, pretty much decided I'm gonna tip Dabney a little more toward uh Tommy Chong than he cool. has been. Uh, because what really shows up in the 3D, which does not show up in the drawing that I used to use. Is that he's he's got long gray hair and a beard, you know? Yeah. So uh, I'm gonna play up on that idea a little bit further because it's a lot more pronounced in the 3D. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So and I'm thinking I'm just gonna work on little bumpers for the show, like as we're going in and out of break, that kind of thing. This break time was like. Re- I, I really didn't do anything with the breaks except get breaks ready. And that was just like throwing four episodes of Bob in a bin, <laughs> you know, it's like that's it. It's the first broadcast. That's good for a break. I would like to get into a more fun break. I don't want to do Bob all the time. I'd like to grab some of your story you can, times and some of the things that you've you can done. Do, uh, you can do Bimbo's initiation. Oh, fuck. Yeah. We have we still have Black Dress Warehouse. We we have a few other videos that we've done just for the just for the podcast. You know, I want to collect yeah. all that kind of stuff and like edit out a break because it's not gonna take that long to edit. And yeah. the render times on this fucking computer are incredible. Yeah. Oh my god. I re- I rendered I, I I was, you know, before I, the last render before I started working on the actual camera moves. Uh, took about two and a half hours. To mm-hmm. render out Doctor Vornoff, with everything that's yeah. in that, that would have easily have taken maybe like. Forty eight hours. Wow. Yeah. 48 hours. Jesus. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Some yeah, of the so things I was pretty good right now. I was fucking around with um Dr. Vornoff's wheelchair to get him in and I really wanted the lighting underneath it better. That's not really that's what I settled for. I really wanted yep. it a lot more smoky and a lot more you know, to make it really look like it was lifting up the chair. Yeah. Uh, 
And I was working on that, and lighting takes a while to render. Every time you add a light, cameras don't really add anything at all. Uh, and I was rendering out 10 seconds just to get a look. And, like, even that ability, I did not have that ability to more because renders would take too long. But as Cinema 4D renders it out frame by frame, it gives you a time about how long it took each frame to process. And it never even registered a second. It just was like, there you go. <laughs> wow. So it helps Damn. a lot with really fine-tuning shit. But I'm going to get Dappy yeah. done, and I'm just going to do, like, bumpers, use him to do bumpers for the show, you know, and that would be a nice short bit to really work on the realism and tweak and fine-tune things and work out a lot of the bugs that I found, you know. But, like, with this piece, like I said, I, I feel like I am totally on another level now, you know. We were in the – we were all – quite impressed with just how damn professional that looked you know thank you thank you i mean i would count this as the first real piece that i've done in 3d so like any any sin i committed i forgive myself because that is just all come like i got the skills and now i just need to work on the talent and that takes practice yeah. You know? Yeah. So I'll have Dabney do a welcome back or, hey, we're going to break or something like that. Just really short. And maybe I'll do, maybe every character as I do them, I'll just have them do their own little welcome bit. <laughs> and we'll reverse yeah. them going into breaks. That's cool. Yeah. So this is fun. Uh, I yeah. think, I think I'm really getting into rambling territory though. But again, when I was first experimenting with this, I am jumping all over the place. Uh, I used a program that I found, um, called XSplit. And the one thing that XSplit did that this does not do is that, see here, when I click on the different screen, it immediately goes to the other screen. In XSplit, you would click on the screen and you would then you would click broadcast and it would broadcast that screen. And I like that better, and there's gotta be a plugin for OBS that does something similar. So, like right now, we are broadcasting the bunny versus screen. Okay. If I switch right now to Steve's historic approximation, that's what's going to come up. Okay. okay. Except with XSplit, since I am, I had to click broadcast to broadcast bunny versus, no mm. matter what screen I'm on, I'm still on bunny versus. Okay. I see what you're saying. So I can jump for screen to screen tweaking things I don't like which I'm doing anyway. It's just that everybody could see it now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And bunny versus is still broadcasting as, as long as I don't touch bunny versus nobody sees what I'm doing behind the curtain, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah. Not that I'm doing much of anything right now, but the potential is there. So I, w- I would just rather see that feature and I'm hoping maybe there's a plugin you can get. But yeah. hey, we'll see. Other than that, I think this is great. Remember, everybody, we are in the Pope on Film Facebook group. And we're still going to be on SoundCloud for quite a while until I figure out exactly what to do, especially now. SoundCloud, we are getting a lot of people off of Spotify now. I haven't checked. I think this October was probably our best month yet. If not, it was real damn close because we were in quite a slump once we hit coronavirus. Yeah. Uh, But that is it. That is it for this week's Bunny Versus. I think I could yammer for right. quite a lot longer. We haven't spoken in like fucking three weeks, four weeks, three weeks. Yeah. Now. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I was. I was trying not to die. It was exciting. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. Death defying. Crazy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Like, I forgot what movie we were doing until last night. Like, late last night. Um, But that's it. I can keep yammering on. So, But let's get on with the show. So, mm, tagline. Tagline. I'm staying with it. Team COVID. Team COVID. And... Cut on that. Buddy! Yes! If you're like me, then you're no doubt a fan of this podcast, The Pope on Film. I mean, who is it? But only real fans, true hardcore fans that have been watching the show, listening to the show for, for a long time, would know two things about us, two fundamental truths, fundamental and in no way made up on the spot truths about you and I, America's hottest will they or won't they podcasting couple, Bunny and Steve. <laughs> first and foremost, the, the first undoubtedly real fact about the both of, uh, about you, Bunny, is the fact that you are really into obscure craft beers so yes. so bunny real quickly because i know a lot of these craft beers have funny names strange yeah. names so i thought real quickly why don't you just quickly rush through some of the fun quirky and again totally real names of your favorite locally brewed independent craft beers bunny rush through oh man i Definitely top on the list is Gorilla Piss. You yes. Know, yes. Which is a small, yes. a small mom and pop of hobbyists who who have like they aspire to Samuel Adams, you know, and they're really yeah. hoping to get up there. Just as many horror hosts, you know, they all want to reach yeah. Elvira level. You know, the same thing. Yeah. You can't blame them. They're you know. These craft brewers and horror hosts in the same where you could see them both and they are, um, their hearts are just devoted to what they're doing. Um, Mother's Puss is delicious. Mm. Mother's Mother's Mm. Puss 
is a, a strange colored cream ale, you know, yeah. like like they've made a a, a a dark ale to this really weird ass yellow color. You know, it sounds delightful. I want to put mother's pus in my mouth, but it's yeah. But oh, God. And just swirl that shit around. But it, it's it's not as many hops as I would like, you know, uh, yeah. but I, I've yeah. always I you know, when it comes to beer, I've always been a hop head, um, yeah. you know, uh, Annabelle Cycle is a is a delicious craft beer um noted for its reddish brown color uh and mm. oddly and oddly I don't know how they do this with with distributors it only comes out once a month hmm mm. interesting interesting and around interesting. the time of of the full moon so 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 this is why the crafters have gotten the whole Procter and Gamble kind of bullshit going on with them where everybody's claiming they're Satanists and things like that. Uh, and yeah. they're just like, no, it refers to the menstrual cycle. And, and like nobody weird. But anyway, you know, yeah. the problems with craft breweries. Uh, so those are some of the off the top of my head that I can, I can think of uh, each one, you know, whether it's gorilla piss or, or, um, Mama's pus. Um, they're all delicious and fine craft beers. Yeah, yeah, they sound delicious. Yes, they sound delicious. Yeah. And the second thing, and the second thing that you would know about me, the second undeniable fact is that I'm a lover of history. I love it, but I'm also a storyteller. So here's what I like to do. I like to go through the history books and find a story, perhaps one that people don't know too well, and reword it via my own unique storytelling style. And that's what this is. Another educationally uneducational installment of Steve's Historic Approximations. Dun, 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 dun. Or shap, as I like to call it, repeatedly, annoyingly, whether anyone wants me to or not. Personally, I like the name shap. It's short and to the point. It's like a white stripe song, but for uh, but in a podcast segment. Anywho, today on the old chapity shap shap, we will be discussing the long strange history of Enidia also known more commonly under the name breatharianism. Oh, yes. Some people out there call breatharianism a major advancement in science and metaphysics, pushing the boundaries of what humanity is capable of and evolving our collective consciousness to a higher level while other people people with brains call breatharianism fucking bullshit yeah so what is breatharianism wasn't there a woman on facebook there was a woman on facebook from somewhere i forget where it was originally from 
but articles on her the blonde woman who started being a breatharian and would check in every day and there would be an article uh, we'll get to her okay she's from australia we will get to her yes okay uh we will definitely get to her because she's like the michael jordan of breatharianism yeah so breatharianism started in 1670 with an esoteric spiritual movement in Europe called Rosicrucianism. Yes. Rosicrucianism claimed to be a series of articles that were ancient secret texts that contained secrets long hidden from mankind. And in one of these Rosicrucian texts called the... Comte de Gabalis, it talked about an alleged Swiss cultist named Paracelsus who allegedly lived several years without eating any food. Yeah. The concept here, the central tenet of breatharianism, uh, is that the Hindus believed in a thing called prana. Yes. Prana is a cosmic life force. Was the drink that very tiny, tiny little um, Cliff Howard offered to William Shatner on that one episode of Star Trek. Prana. I think I know what you're talking about. I relish it. Prana. (laughs) Yeah. Prana is a cosmic life force that is all around us, especially in the air and in the sun, in natural things such as this, especially in sunlight. In Sanskrit, prana means breath, it means life force, and it means vital principle. If you're having trouble understanding the concept of prana, just think that this is Star Wars. So prana is what gives a breatharian his power. Prana is an energy field created by all living things. It surrounds us, it penetrates us, it yes. binds the universe together. So yes. prana, and it's believed that Paracelsus gave up food and solely subsisted on prana. He gave up food and drink and got all of his uh uh, you know, food and water and every nutrients yes. from prana, from the air and the sun around him. This became a sort of trend back in the day. In 1669, there were reports of a woman named Martha Taylor who went without food or drink for a whole year, lasting solely on prana, but it was not known as breatharianism yet. That didn't happen until more recently. So people were allegedly living without food and water for decades and centuries, but it didn't really have a concrete name until around the 70s, you know, when when there was a lot of new agey sort of stuff and cults and quackery afoot. Yes. You know? Like, uh, I was watching uh, Airplane the other day 
And I was like, you know what? The kids would really dig this, but there are just some things that they won't get. My kids won't understand the pilot going through the airport and a hundred cults come at him. Yes, I know. And and the Hare Krishna have gone respectable. Like, like nobody would recognize that person as a Hare Krishna. Yeah. And then Scientology is one of them. And, and yeah. It, yeah, a real, like, you wouldn't understand that. But that was very much a 70s sort of, yeah. So in the 70s, uh, prana and breatharianism started uh, forming into an actual sort of concrete belief system. Yeah. So w- one of the biggest breakthroughs was in the year 1980. Bunny, do you remember the show That's Incredible? Oh, my God, yes. Now, I get it confused like, with a few other shows at the time as to who the yes, host was or anything like that. That's incredible. Yes, in particular, always had the yoga guy who got in a box. Yeah. So, so, so yeah, there was, a, there was a period in time in the 80s with That's Incredible, Real People. Yeah. And uh, Jack Allen saying, believe it or not. Yes. Uh-huh. That's my balance. But yeah, there was a very there were it was a very popular time for sort of trash television like that. And so that's incredible was the one with John Davidson and his big ass chin and teeth and Kathy Lee Crosby. Yeah. Like I was a very very young child. I was which one I was very attracted to Crosby. Yes, yes. And she was Wonder Woman. Uh which one was Byron Allen? That was real people. That Byron Allen. That was, was real people. Okay. That's incredible. Ran from 1980 to 1984 on ABC, and in a 1980 episode of That's Incredible, Wiley Brooks of the Breatharian Institute of America appeared on That's Incredible and discussed to America and dare I say the world how he gave up food entirely and instead. Dead a light. Yes. Wow. Amazing. I guess this breatharian stuff is a hundred percent real. Uh except in 1983 when uh, Wiley Brooks was seen at a 7-Eleven in Santa Cruz with a slurpy Twinkies and a hot dog, but whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Wiley Brooks. That's why they're the easiest to debunk. Sometimes break. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, <coughs> Wiley Brooks has since come out and said that, yeah, sometimes he breaks his fast with cheeseburgers and sodas, but he's not eating it because he needs nutrients. He's eating it for the taste sensation. Uh-huh. So, uh, yes, yeah, so maybe Wiley Brooks wasn't breatharianism's chosen one. But then in the 90s, the biggest name in breatharianism finally appeared uh jazz muheen an australian woman whose real name is alan grieve but apparently you get to choose a new name when you're eating all that prana so jazz muheen claimed that she could go for months on just one cup of tea why 
Prana is why. So she became <laughs> the poster child for breatharianism. And I love Jasmine Sheen because she's one slick son of a bitch. So uh, news crews interviewed her at her home. And they're like, oh, so here we are at the home of Jasmuheen. She claims to uh, eat nothing but light. Jasmuheen, we noticed that you have a kitchen full of food. Yes. Care to uh, comment on that? And uh, Jasmuheen said, oh, well, that's not for me. I don't need any of that food. That's for my husband and child. Uh-huh. Soup any of for the yeah. family. So, so she was one hundred percent a breatharian. So she agreed in nineteen ninety nine to be monitored for one week by Australia's sixty minutes. This is sixty minutes, mate. So <laughs> Jasmuheen was convinced that she could go. One week living on nothing but prana, 60 minutes, uh, got a, uh, a hotel room, and they all just stayed in the hotel room, and Jasmuheen was there. It's like, hey, I can do this one week, no problem. I can live on nothing but prana. So on okay. day three, she started having problems, but again... Jasmuheen is a slick son of a bitch. So she said, oh, yes, it's day three, and sure, I'm having problems, but that's not because I need food or water. It's because this hotel is next to the freeway, and all of that noise and pollution is destroying the natural prana in the air, and that's why I'm having a problem. See, she's a slick SOB. I'm surprised Jasmuheen is, yeah. isn't in the Trump administration. Because <laughs> she can talk her way anything, apparently. After four days, she, her pupils were dilated. She was dehydrated, and her speech was slow. When, <clears throat> when they got closer to the end of the week, 60 Minutes stopped the test because they feared she would go into kidney failure. And of course, of course, Jasmuheen, the slick son of a bitch, said, I didn't stop the test. 60 minutes stopped the, the test. Why did they stop the test? Let me tell you why. It's not because they were worried about my health. They were worried that I would succeed. <laughs> So Jasmuheen is just the Michael Jordan of breatharianism. And as a result, five deaths have been directly linked to breatharianism and Jasmuheen's writings. The last death being a German man named Finn Bagumil in 2017. So this shit is still going on. This is still a thing people believe in. Jasmuheen is alive and still appears at new agey conventions and writes books and stuff. Can yeah. you believe that, Bunny? Do you think you'd be a breatharian? Do you think you could live on the prana, Bunny? Uh, prana and fries, yeah. Prana and you know, fries, yeah. yeah. I mean, look, okay, I, I, I could live on potatoes. You can live on light. Big fucking whoop, 
okay? You know, yeah. you 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 still gonna want you're still gonna want a burger, you know, and it proves it. That's why you get busted all the time eating fucking burgers, you know. So you know, and and just because you eat light, does it mean that you eat it as the main course? Is it all you eat, or is it more of a side dish kind of thing? You know. Yeah. yeah or maybe it's maybe it's after dinner, like like a mint, you know, or maybe some pudding, or a nice chocolate mouse, you yeah. know. Yeah. I I mean maybe that would be the appropriate time to eat light, you know me. Personally, I I tend to like to to ingest light about fifteen minutes to a half hour before a meal. Okay, yeah. and then I will have a meal, and the meal is extremely extremely enhanced by the prana light. That, that I call marijuana that I have ingested. Yeah. You know, so, so, you know, eat light, please. You know, I like, don't be a lion like bitch about it. I like my prana with a little bit of a one steak sauce. Oh, I, uh, yes. Yes. A little dab. Just put a little dab on the light, you know? Mm. Uh-huh. So good. So yeah. good. FYI, Breatharianism does have a Wikipedia page, and in the beginning of Breatharianism's Wikipedia page, it does state, and I quote, It is an established fact that humans require food and water to survive. That's a pretty sick burn on Breatharian's Wikipedia. (laughs) Guys, good for you. Anyway... That's it for Steve's Historic Approximations this week. Be sure and join us next week for more educationally uneducational fun with Steve's Historic Approximations! Dun, 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 dun. Bunny! Yes? We still have a movie to talk about. We need to talk about Betamax tapes. We need to talk about uh, Archie Bunker. We need to talk about Mr. Bean. We need to talk about uh, Peter Sellers. But before we get to any of that, maybe we should take a break. Should we take a break? We should take a break. All right. We will be right back with more of the Pope on Film after this. Do 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 Jump in the public pool tomorrow. Tell your friends. Just a sample. Don't worry, Denise. I want you to leave here. I've done this before. 
the voice that you are hearing is Steve from beyond the grave. Huh. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> That would yes. Peter Sellers is Harundi Vibakshi. Why would anyone invite him to the party? Party where everyone comes and anything goes. You're my sugar. I'm not your sugar.
heard about those Hollywood parties. Now, Peter Sellers invites you to the party. If you've ever been to a wilder party, you're under arrest. We're ready. And we're back with more of the Popon film. Act three, buddy. Act three. Act three. Yes, Bunny, my friend, it is time once again for all of us here at the Popon Film Podcast to casually mosey on in to our third and final act of the show. And for those of you who may be uninitiated amongst you, the third and final act of the show is where we finally eventually get around to discussing our low-cost, low-calorie, but still same great taste you've come to know and expect, Movie of the Week! And this week, we watch a classic movie from Peter Sellers that is also racist AF. And I will try my hardest not to completely go off the rails, just off the chain, as we discuss the 1968 Peter Sellers comedy film known simply as The Party. Yes. Now, yes. Uh, now let me just say straight up, just because your dad liked it doesn't mean that you don't have you can't like it you could still like it hate it because it's racist as shit (laughs) it is very very racist but uh this this movie was chosen by bunny because uh october is bunny's birthday month and we would have been doing this in in october if i hadn't caught the coronavirus but uh, I, I still want to start off the discussion of this movie the way that I, I tried to do throughout your birthday month. Yes. First off, uh, Bunny, why this movie? Why this questions. movie? Because a lot of these movies are... Well, they're either never watched... Uh, as in the two May West movies, so they're only movies I've heard about, but always wanted to give a whirl. Or uh, oddities from my past, like movies I have just okay. recently rediscovered after a long time. I haven't seen The Party in fucking years, and... I I loved it a lot when I was younger, you know? Yeah. Uh, and frankly, I still love this movie. Uh, but I, there is absolutely no reason why his character needs to be Indian. That's not adding yeah, to not anything except for a way yeah. for you to be mocking him, you know? Yeah. And... that's not cool (laughs) as far as I care Um, 
other than that, I think the movie's fucking hysterical. I I I, I have never seen a a physical performance like Peter Sellers has put in has put in. And I love movies that that start fairly simple and escalate to a really weird place. You know, that's just yeah. a kind of a, a a movie theme I like. Yeah. The movie theme that I like is when someone is from a small town and now they're in a big place, but they still can't stop talking about the town they're from. Yeah. Like in Catalina Caper, Tommy Kirk is from Phoenix and he won't fucking shut up about it. <laughs> oh, what do you think of our beach party? Well, it should be hanging out with armadillos in Phoenix. Like, shut the fuck up. <sighs> The same thing happens in the animated yeah. movie. In the animated movie Rio, there is a uh, the the female lead is from Minnesota, and now she's in Rio de Janeiro, and she's just like, "Oh, well, we don't do that in Minnesota." Oh, well, I'm used to the weather in Minnesota, and it's like, "Shut the fuck up about Minnesota, please." <laughs> Tommy Kirk all over again. Okay, so, uh, okay, 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 okay. Let me get into this. Okay, so my father, uh, he hated movies. Uh, when, when I was uh, his child. Yeah. Was in his house when I was young. When I was a child, he absolutely hated going to the movies. And here is why. Because when my dad was a child, he was super rich. His family was loaded. Yeah. His dad had a ton of money, and they had they didn't have a house. They had an entire block. Yeah. And the entire block had a bunch of buildings and a bunch of houses and just the whole family lived there and everybody had like sort of their own house. And, and, and uh, his, his father owned uh, my grandfather, who I never knew from my dad's side. He, he owned a bunch of uh, businesses. He owned the town movie theater. And my dad would just spend his entire, you know, all of his time at that movie theater, just hanging out and watching movies. And, and he loved movies and he would go all the time. And then when my dad got older, like in his twenties, uh, apparently my grandfather was, I don't know, like a drinker or something. And anyway, a gambler, I don't know, but he lost all of the money. And suddenly my dad was uh, the in one of the poorest families in all of Mexico. And that really hurt him. And so when he left Mexico and moved to America to start a better life and yada, 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 he, 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 he hated movies. And I understand why he hated movies, but, you know, w when he became a parent, he avoided movies and movie theaters, and, and that created a, a distance between us because I spent my childhood in freaking movie theaters. I talk to my mom every every once in a while, and she says now, now that they're older, that uh, her and my dad go to the movies all the time, and that kind of pisses me off. Yeah. 
you know, but, but whatever. Uh, uh, my, my parents never bothered to try to get to know me as a person at all, you know? And when yeah. I think of my childhood, I felt like I was very much the annoying burden of the family. Yeah. You know, but my dad avoided movies, but there were three movies that he absolutely loved that he 100% loved. He watched regularly. We had them on beta. Yeah. Oh my God. To show my age. And there were three movies that he absolutely loved and he would force down my throat all of the time. Number one, Peter O'Toole's Man of La Mancha. Okay. I haven't seen that movie since the 80s, but my dad watched it so much, I could pretty much sing word for word the song, uh, The Man of La Mancha. Oh, Eleanor, you got me something? Okay. What, what, is, what did you get me? Oh, wow. Three tick, old Tic Tacs. Thank you so much. Oh, okay. Well, thank you for the Coca-Cola flavored Tic Tacs. This, this is every dad's dream. You know? Thank you so much. I'm going to leave those there. Thank you. So my dad loved uh, the man of La Mancha, number one. Number two, American Flyers. American Flyers. Wasn't yeah, that the kids with the... With the with the no, that's Radio Flyers. Sorry, Wait, that's sorry. Radio Flyers. American Flyers was a 1985 sports movie, but with bicycling, and it featured a young uh, dance dances with wolves, a young the postman, a young the postman. Huh? Yeah, and, and and my dad loved that movie because he he fancied himself a semi professional bicyclist and yeah. triathlete. And uh, the semi-professional runner, he would do all these races and stuff like that. So yeah. And then my dad used to use that to body shame me because I was too skinny and weak, and that was embarrassing for my dad. But that's a whole different story. Okay. And then his third favorite movie, 1968's The Party, where Peter Sellers does brownface to play a clumsy bit actor from India named Harundi who accidentally gets invited to a big Hollywood party and wacky hijinks ensue. Yeah. My dad loved this movie, and I can tell you why my dad loved this movie, because my dad was a big fan of Peter Sellers, and also my dad was racist. Yeah. My dad, my dad was the Archie Bunker of Latinos. Yeah. And growing up, I remember hearing stories about uh, the the, uh, the problem with black people and the problem with Asians and the problem with Jewish people and all of this shit. And and yeah. and and my dad loved the party because Peter Sellers is funny and also uh, oh hey Indians are so uh, funny and stupid. And thankfully, I grew up. And learned to to think for myself, and now I'd like to think of myself as the anti my dad. Okay. I mean, I listen to my kids and teach them to respect other races, and yeah, this movie is funny at times because it was literally a sixty-page script, and pretty much the entire party was ad-libbed. Uh. 
I looked oh, it up. Oh, I don't know. I, I could say the background players were ad-libbed, but I, I can't say that. No, uh, it was no. It, I looked it up so I can tell you. It was a sixty-page script. Most of it was ad-libbed, and uh, uh, the party was mostly ad-libbed, and so it was shot in sequence, and each scene was built on the other one. Yeah. Peter Sellers was was ad-libbing almost all of it, and they would they filmed the party in order because whatever Peter Sellers did in this first scene, okay, well then we'll do the next scene on top of that, and it just keeps building and yeah. building and building. I, and, I I see that I thought was I thought was awesome. I thought the comedy in this was pretty awesome, along with quite nostalgic seeing certain faces again that you don't see. I mean. You don't see Gavin McLeod much anymore, you know. And um, the the Johnny Carson girl, what was her name? Uh, I do not know, but I'll tell you, I I forget. My I I just I I watched the entire movie just waiting for Wyoming Bill to show up again. <laughs> yeah, who was uh, wasn't he from Sleeper? Wasn't he uh? Denny Miller. Um, Woody Allen sleeper. Wasn't he like Diane Keaton's boyfriend when they're in their totalitarian happy world? I do not know if that was him. He was in Buck and the Preacher. He is definitely a face, though. He is a face of that time. Yeah. You know? But, like, I don't see how... I, I loved all the physical humor. I loved the gags. You know, I loved the ro- toilet paper that rolled forever and wiping the watercolors off the painting and and all of that stuff. I loved all these gags, but there was absolutely no reason for him to... Ha- he could have been anybody. Why the fuck did you make him Indian? Yeah, like it, like, this is a good movie and it's funny, but also I would never pull on my dad and force my kids to watch the Pink Panther do an Apu from the Simpsons impersonation while also being Mr. Bean. See, now this, see, now this is one of those movies that sets off that fascination of mine that, that I've mentioned several times as to when we look back at certain films like The Party, is what you're seeing racist? Well, it's racist. But yes. was it racist at the time? And Dario Argento is a big go-to for me for trying to describe that because he always had a made in the 70s, a swishy male, stereotypically homosexual character. Yeah. But... On the other hand, that swishy homosexual character was either the lead of the story or very, very close. Yeah. So they still, they, okay, it was still a swishy characteristic, you know? Yeah. A stereotype, but still you're, you're pushing them out further. You're more advancing the cause than taking away from it of normalizing homosexuality. You know, 
oh, they can hold important jobs too, that kind of a thing. Um, There are a lot of examples. The party is not one of them. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I think, uh, again, see, it's, it's so tough for me to separate, you know, because I think there, uh, I think the comedy in this movie is genius. I think the physical comedy of it is genius. I think the situations are, are hysterical, all of that. And I see absolutely no reason whatsoever why he's Indian and why he can't be anything else. Yeah. He does not add anything. Nothing is added to the comedy by making him Indian, except that you just flat out want to make fun of Indian people. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That is, that's, that's just it. You know, I mean, I mean, he's, he's not, He has a tender side that loser characters cannot help having. Yeah. And I think if if Peter Sellers had thought about it harder, he would have rang the crap out of that too. <laughs> yeah. You know? Talk about how he likes to strangle cats instead. But other than that, it was all like Look at how stupid Indian people are. Yeah, that was it. Oh, don't they sound funny? It. Oh, don't they smell of curry? You know, like you know, and that and that builds until we have a goddamn elephant. An elephant. <laughs> yeah, we have a fucking elephant. Yeah. I. I, I had a hard time watching the movie, obviously because of my own uh, baggage that comes with this movie. I, yeah. I, I I want to just entirely shit on it because it's racist, but I am willing to to like to to go to the point and say, okay, well, you know, um, Peter Sellers is hilarious, and this is the only Blake Edwards Peter Sellers movie that they did that together yeah. that wasn't the Pink Panther. And um, Peter Sellers is a genius, and there are funny parts of this film. Uh-huh. And this movie, this movie has an example of one of the Hollywood clones I I, I had mentioned a few episodes yes. back. And that yeah, is that. that is the the drunk waiter guy. Yes. I love drunk waiter guy. I love seeing his face again. Like God, he used to be in anything and I wonder how he died for them to bring up his next clone. Because yes. in Phantom of the Paradise, um, oh Christ, what was the name of the band? The Juicy Fruits. The Juicy Fruits? The lead singer of the Juicy Fruits was clearly, clearly a clone of that man. Yeah. And in every generation, yeah. there has been a... Conti- I, I, I've lost a little bit of track of them, okay? 
but I am sure that we can find a guy right now who who you could trace perfectly back to that drunk waiter. Yeah, yeah, probably. Those are the Hollywood clones. Yeah. That's how you could tell a Hollywood clone. Yeah, yeah, we were we were just talking about this. Mm-hmm. Was it was it was it the last episode? No, we were just talking about this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Haley Joe Osment is clearly another clone of Cousin Oliver. One hundred percent. That's so with the funny kid from you... Christmas Story right in between those. That, that's so funny that you brought that up because I just re-downloaded uh, Eric Jean Roche's The Spoils of Babylon. Babylon. This is just okay. so so. It, I've been seeing a lot of Haley Joel Osment lately because he's yes. the son who goes crazy. Yes. Loved that. That was a fun time. That was that was a that was a fun weird time. I don't think we ever I don't think we ever did the sequel. Or maybe we did like the first episode, but we didn't do the entire sequel. No, we I think we did the whole sequel. I think we, we did? just did the whole sequel all at once. Huh. Like I, I think know. we did one episode, but we covered the entire sequel. Yeah. Huh. Well, then I just don't remember the sequel. I remember the spoils of Babylon more than I do the other one. Then it's something I, I don't. I, I enjoyed it. It's one of those things that I enjoyed. I just don't see myself going back to. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. It makes me giggle every time it's brought up. You know, Eric Jean-Rosh. Yeah, my mom was my mom was really into those. Late seventies, early eighties, epic miniseries. Oh my god! Though I was raised on those fucking things. Yeah. Shogun and the Thornbirds and Lonesome uh, Dove. Lonesome Dove. It start pretty much started with Roots. Yeah, but those big epic miniseries that would go on for weeks and have all of these guest stars and these yeah. big massive stories. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I, I absolutely. And then that sort of turned into V, which I love. Yes. I absolutely love V. The TV show can suck it. Yes. But the two miniseries did were just. Oh, that's strange, wonderful. man. That's strange, man. Because that's exactly. I feel that way about V. But we can take that and drop it right onto Kolchak the Night Stalker. Exactly. Like yeah. like yeah. those two, the first mm-hmm. two movies, the Night Stalker and the Night Strangler. I love the shit out of those movies. And the see I don't know if maybe it was a series and it's just too rushed. It's it's just doesn't have the same feeling. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Absolutely not. It's just not the same when when it when it turns into a TV show. Yeah, yeah. I I, I don't think I have anything else on the party. Yeah, I'm find I'm find I, I'm catching myself finding other things to talk about than Peter Sellers is the party. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So I don't think I have anything. So it's just so it's just tainted by your father. You're thinking 100% tainted 
by my yeah. father. I, 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 I tried really hard to give this film the benefit of the doubt. So, so it, it, it takes a lot of strength for me to say, Peter Sellers is very talented. There are parts of this film that are funny. His physical comedy is unmatched. And the fact that most of this film was ad-libbed yeah. really is impressive. Oh, uh, but but also, no, the, the movie is 100% tainted. Fun fact about this film that I learned while researching it, a stuntman, almost an actor, almost died on the set. Yeah. So... Let me explain why. So they're like, hey, this pool has to be filled with foam. Hey, we don't we need more foam. Let's get some more foam in here. So they filled the pool with foam and then an actor jumped into the pool. But what they didn't take into account is that the foam that they used was specifically like the foam that firemen used to put out fires. Oh. So they shoot this foam. And what the foam does is the foam says, Okay, we're removing all the oxygen. Yeah. There's no more oxygen. So the actor jumped into this oh. pool full of foam and immediately couldn't breathe because there was no fucking oxygen in there. So the guy almost died on the set. Oh, my God. And that's hilarious. That, like, of all the movies you could almost, that you could die in, I like, it's sad, but I understand someone dying on the set of Twilight Zone the movie. You know, yeah. I can't understand how someone could die in Peter Sellers is the party. What, were you trampled by an elephant? Yeah. That is shocking to me. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, no, the, movie is, the movie is sort of tainted by my dad. I, I've yeah. had a lot of dad issues this week. And and, and I, I, a lot of it is just because I had to watch this movie again. Yeah. You know? I, I, I really you, gotta I gotta I, gotta pin this on you, Dad, because there's a lot about this movie that is really genius comedy. Just genius comedy. I, I just I accept the this. fact that this is this is racist. Yeah, it is it is racist AF. But I will say this, I did download Henry Mancini's instrumental opening credits music. And I have it on my yeah. phone. Really good. Yeah. It's I dig the swinging Henry Mancini, like you know. Now, if I'm not mistaken, though, I think this is an official new entry in Pope on film history, okay. and not Peter Sellers because he was in a Casino Royale. Yes. An old classic of ours. Yeah, he's my favorite James Bond and not uh, Sean Connery because Sean Connery likes hitting women. Yes. But if I'm not mistaken, this is our first Blake Edwards movie. Yes. Yes. This is. Correct. Yes. Wow. Our first Blake Edwards movie. What the fuck ever happened to Blake Edwards? I mean, he just had a had a huge run for a little while. My favorite Pink Panther movie is the one where the the Inspector Clouseau's boss just goes like full on evil supervillain, and he has like a big lair and stuff, and he's yeah, 
Yeah, I haven't. I also haven't seen it since I was like ten. But that's all I remember from the film. I need to go back and watch those movies again. I I haven't watched them in years, but he just had. Oh my god, yeah. he had such a good run for a short, relatively short period of time. Um, Victor he Victoria. Did. He did a lot with Robert Preston. And he did a lot with Julie Andrews, who he was married to. Yep. At the time, yeah. uh, ten, ten with Dudley Moore, which was a huge fucking ten. hit at the time with Bo Derek. Ten, yes. Goddamn braids. With the braids, I hated the braids, but she was yeah. still one of the hottest women yeah. on the fucking planet at the, the time. Yeah, yeah. Despite the braids. Despite the braids. Despite the braids. Yes. Uh, Christ, he did, he did a ton of movies and they, they, and he just had a particular style where you knew you were watching a Blake Edwards movie and some of them get it. Like, I think Victor Victoria gets a little draggy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But, but yes, this is our first in in entry of Blake Edwards. Yes. Yeah. So, so what is even going on for next week? I'm so ready either not, way. So, so, okay. So, um, I feel that you would have probably gotten another movie in if I hadn't have gotten the coronavirus. So, if you want to pick next week's movie, you can. If not, I do have a movie all, all ready for us. See, this would be a great time if we had... If we build up an audience in Facebook, we can just go to the Facebook chant and it would be like, because here's how I'm thinking of deciding it. Pitch your movie. I'll pitch mine. And we'll go from there. Okay. Okay. Uh, You want me to go first? Yes, you go first. Okay. So what I was ready for, ready with, was a movie called Latitude Zero. Have you ever heard of Latitude Zero? Latitude Zero is a Toho production starring Joseph Cotton and Cesar Romero. It is a strangely enjoyable film. You keep expecting Godzilla to show up. Like, literally, Godzilla could pop up in this movie at any time, and he doesn't. Yeah. And it's starring Joseph Cotton and fucking Cesar Romero. (laughs) Yeah. What's what's yours? Your pick. Your pick is Latitude Zero. My pick is a 1994 film starring Denise Richards called Tammy and the T-Rex. Tammy so, and the T-Rex. Okay. It, it, it's it's about it's about uh Tammy and his and her boyfriend and uh the boyfriend dies but his uh 
his his consciousness goes into a animatronic T-Rex figure and they start dating. Okay. The way the movie came about is uh, the director was approached by a man who had an animatronic T-Rex, this giant animatronic T-Rex, and he was going to send it to a theme park in Texas in like a month. But before he sent it, he went to his director friend and said, hey, would you like a T-Rex for a movie? And the director said, yeah, that'd be amazing. And the person who owned the T-Rex said, yeah, but I, I, I need to send it back in like a month. So could you make a movie with a T-Rex in a month? And so he just banged out a shitty script in like two days and immediately started filming like the weirdest, craziest, stupidest uh, Denise Richards T-Rex romance no movie. And it's absolutely... Okay. It, and it came out in 1994, and I have no idea how I didn't know about this film until now. Okay, this is a tough call, and and we might have to really make this decision, but let me check and see if there's any chat. Anybody in the chat who has a preference over which movie? Latitude Zero, or... Uh, Tammy and the T-Rex. Okay. 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 Uh, there, there may be some nobody there, or it may just be the delay. Man, it's no, a it's, tough choice, because these are such similar sounding, yes. like they're both at the same level of bizarre. Yeah. Okay, let's try... Let's try going to the next level in decision-making yet. Have you uploaded yours yet? I absolutely have, and it's waiting there. You win. <laughs> hey, next week, we're watching Denise Richards in Tammy and the T-Rex. This is supposed to be absolute trash. R real real horrible bad and uh i can't believe i haven't seen it until now like how does a movie this weird and bad happen like the director was so desperate to make this movie and make it quickly before the animatronic t-rex had to be sent away that all of the locations for the movie are within like 20 miles of the director's house it really was a sort of last second labor of love of, hey, we got a T-Rex. We got to do something with it. Let's make a movie. What is it? A yeah. romance. Let's do this. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, never seen it. Uh, okay. Christian does say Latitude Zero, that we should watch that in the chat. Christian said Latitude Zero. Okay. So, so uh, well, mm -hmm. I, 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 like, I kind of like this idea. But so let's go. The audience should have the last say. Let's do Latitude Zero. Okay. 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 And then after Latitude Zero, we can do Tammy and the T-Rex. Yes. Yeah. There you go. There you go. No, Whoopi Goldberg. No, Christian. Whoopi Goldberg is not in Tammy and the T-Rex. You're thinking of that other one where, where her and the T-Rex are cops. But no. Denise Richards <laughs> is in Tammy and the T-Rex. So... 
Okay, so next week, Latitude Zero, Cesar Romero, and somebody else. Who? Uh, Joseph Cotton. Joseph Cotton. Joseph Cotton. Wow. And then the week after that, Tammy and the T-Rex. Cool. This will be fun. This will be, be fun. fun. Yeah. Maybe maybe, so, maybe uh, once a month it'll be audience's choice. Yeah, I like that idea. I like that idea. That's fun. So next week, uh, uh, scratch out Tammy and the T-Rex here. Uh, latitude zero. And uh, yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm excited about that. But... Uh, uh, I, I'm excited to, for next week's episode, but now that I'm looking back at this week, um, uh, technical issues with Act 1, funny versus breatharianism, Peter yeah. Stellar's being racist, my dad being kind of a dick. I, I gotta say, I think this has been a pretty good episode of the podcast. Just put yeah. it out there. I this... First, before giving my verdict, I just want to let everybody know I'm probably going to be testing later on, so you don't have to like the video. You don't have to comment on the video. I'm probably going to be deleting the video because it's just test stuff. But with that said, this has been a damn good, exciting episode full of new horizons for the yes. Pope on Film podcast. I would have to give it two and a half stars. Okay. I absolutely agree. I, I, you know, I, but I didn't want to say anything. You're the person who makes those distinctions, not me, but yes, I concur with your assessment. Good, sir. So until next week, I am bunny Williams. And I am Reverend Stephen on behalf of Natasha and uh, Eleanor and Maxwell and Bella and everybody else in the house. I just want to say thanks for listening, and we will see you next week, you godless heathens. And did you show off with the poofy touch? Flowers. And cookies and Hi. Do you have a shirt on? Get out of the get out of the shot. Get out of the shot. Cut and print. Cut and print. Cut.